tip it off what's up everybody welcome to another episode of outside the barn brought to you by the good people at new amendment i am one of your hosts kendall shell along with me blake hoffhaber trevor and blackway blake trev how we feeling today doing well doing well other than the fact that i was at the game last night and didn't didn't look pretty towards the end but doing well family's doing well and uh had a good martin luther king day uh yesterday and just trying to enjoy the rest of the week how about you trev Oh, man, I'm emotional right now. I'm still trying to get over last night's game. Uh, I was in Arizona for the weekend, so I got some sunshine. But also, it was it was tough watching. We had our small group of Viking fans. And uh, after between that and watching the Gophers play, I was just like, well, I don't know. I can't be a Minnesota fan too much longer. Just just kidding. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back here. I think it was, uh, it was a good weekend. Much needed. A good MLK day to myself, too. So uh, definitely a great reset for myself. How about you, Kendall? Oh, pretty good. Can't can't complain. You know, like like both of you, a little sad about some of the outcomes of the sporting events. I think, you know, it's tough. I saw a tweet how closely related your emotions can be with your sports team. I think we probably need to find a way to draw the line, especially Minnesota sports teams. Um, but maybe that's a different topic for a different discussion. But uh, being a newsdown a newfound Vikings fan now, you know, ever since the miracle, uh, Minneapolis miracle year, that's only short time. It's, um, it's been quite the roller coaster already. So I can't imagine everybody that's been a Vikings fan, lifelong Vikings fan, but you know, ever since the St. Louis Rams left me, I left them. And so now being a Vikings fan is tough and that was a tough loss, but you know, I think we can be realistic and like the Vikings show up two different ways. So I don't think any of us are surprised at, uh, at that one at all. No, we should not lose to the Giants at home. Come on. I don't care about how bad our defense is. Like, come on. We don't lose to the Giants at home. That's crazy. Blake, I don't know how you went to the game. I would not never in a thousand years went to that first game. Yeah, I was there. But t- speaking of tough losses, didn't you have a game on Friday, Trim? Excuse me, what? Speaking of tough losses. <laughs> from my yes, water, Hopkins High School, you know, uh, you know, gave it to Trev a little bit on Friday, but I, I didn't see the game. I just, you know, heard through the grapevine that we might have. I didn't have, see the game uh, either. Might have <laughs> got an L. Trev got three L's over the weekend. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I, I took L's the whole weekend. So, long story, a lot of you, I'm, I'm right now temporarily the head coach at Union Prairie High School. We played Blake's alma mater, Hopkins. His family comes up to me before the games. You know, they, they're, they're softing me up, and I fell for it, and – they beat us. Whatever, whatever, it, whatever it takes to get the win, man. <laughs> oh, man. But it, it was good. Yeah, so I, I took L's the whole weekend. I, I was 0 for like 7 the whole weekend, so <laughs> I'm just glad to move. Oh, man. No, let's, let's, let's move on from all those L's and let's talk about a W, man. So let's move on to the X's and O's here, right? So we had two games since we last spoke, fellas. We went one and one in those games. Let's talk about that first game, and that's the win at Ohio State. I think we can all agree a huge win, a much-needed win, a close win came down to the end. Uh, we can all agree, you know, winning at Ohio State is extremely difficult. If I'm not mistaken, we haven't won at Ohio State since 2005. Uh, one of our guys, Vince Greer, let me know on social media that his team was the team that actually won during that time, but just winning at Ohio State is a is a tough, you know, accomplishment, right? And so 
Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about the excitement. I don't know about you guys, but I was extremely excited. I was hyped. I think we saw in the locker room after the game, the team was hyped. You know, Coach Johnson, the entire team, they were celebrating together. Blake, I'll kick it to you just to start. Talk a little bit about the importance of a win like that, man, and how how big that is for the program and just your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think it was huge. I mean, I think uh, last time we got the podcast, I you'd be lying if you thought we were going to win that game on the road. Hadn't won there since 05, it sounds like. That that seems crazy. I didn't even realize that. But um, I thought it was huge. I mean, anytime you beat a team like Ohio State, especially on the road, um, that's huge for the team. That's huge for momentum. Obviously, getting the first Big Ten win, and, you know, we've been in a slump a little bit, so that's just huge. And, um, you know, obviously got the got the loss uh, yesterday, but I think we're playing better, and I think getting a win like that tells the team internally and tells the fans like, hey, we're capable of getting wins. We're getting better. We're staying in these games. And, um, you know, it, it was a big game for us and it was an exciting game. I know it was down to the wire and uh, it was interesting. Ben Johnson, Coach Johnson called a timeout after Cooper missed that 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 first free throw. And I think people were giving Ben a little flack, but then obviously it paid off because we hit that next free throw. So, um I thought it was huge for the team, huge for momentum. Uh, even though we lost the next game after that, I, I still think it was it was big for the program, big for the guys to realize, hey, we can't compete at the Big Ten level. Um, and, you know, hopefully we continue to live off that momentum and really believe that we can uh, get some wins here, And even if they're on the road. Trev, what do you think? Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. Um, I think the conversation we've been having for last month is competing. And the guys, like, for the last – I think that for me, that's why Illinois game was kind of tough to watch because I feel like we came out flat and it wasn't like the same game. Like that's me fast forwarding it. But at the day, it's like not just playing Ohio State in the Big Ten. Every road game is tough. I don't care if you go to Penn State, Northwestern, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Like it's going to be a battle. And the guys competed and they showed up to play. Like that was so much fun watching them play. And like even like the the end of the game, um, adjustments they made versus Wisconsin went to uh, Cooper, rejects the screen and turns the ball over. It's the same play. They ran again, and he got to the basket, and he scored. And it was just like just watching those adjustments. Like, obviously, you could, you, you knew they were in the film room. And, like, just watching that and, like, just watching them come together and just have that, you know, us versus the world mentality. Um, that was fun to watch. So, for them to come out kind of flat, I think, versus Illinois, it was kind of like, okay, like, you know, it's a tough game after you have a, a big emotional win that you have to come back at home on a Sunday and play, you know, against a tough team. But um, – they definitely showed promise. You know, the Wisconsin game was fun that they should have won that game. And, like, you know, having 20 turnovers on the road and losing by one or two points, like, that's that shows a lot. And they're cutting down some of their mistakes. I think the last couple of games they've only had, what, five, six turnovers. They're still not shooting the ball as highly as they can and that they, you know, they will need to the, to open up their offensive game. But it's been fun just watching them compete. Like, they're, you know, it's – they haven't given up on themselves, and you can tell that. And I, that's what I'm, I'm happy to see. Uh, they have two big games coming up too, come, uh, moving forward, and just see how they reta- you know react towards these uh, next two games. And uh, I don't know, I'm I'm excited still. I mean, it's 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 a grind. It's the Big Ten, so. But yeah, but again, you guys did world. notice. I mean, we got that Ohio State win, and we talked about it last time. But one of the players stepped up. You know, I think Garcia. I forgot he had 28 or 26 points. I mean, we need one of those guys, Battle Garcia, anyone else to step up like that. I think. Our offensive weapons are um, 
I don't want to say lacking, but you know, we need a game where someone steps up and starts hitting shots or, you know, posting up, getting a lot of buckets in the paint um, in, in order to, 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 to get a win. And we had that over to Ohio state. I think Garcia started off at the Illinois game doing, you know, going to the bucket. He had a three to start the game, but you know, then the second half kind of, you know, didn't do, didn't do a ton. And then obviously, uh, you know, battle and some other guys weren't, weren't knocking down shots and they just, they just took off and um, ended up winning by, I don't know what the final score was, but I, I think I, I snuck out of there with like three minutes left. One of those old guys to, to beat the rush in traffic, but it was like 23 at one point. I know. I mean, Illinois just did a great job. Like every time we try to make a run, they came back and come out of, you know, big three here or big putback or, you know, Danny, you know, he have a score or whatever the case may be. And like, they just did a great job. And those are the tough ones when you lose at home and you can kind of tell like the crowd wanted to be in there so bad, but we just never could gain enough uh, momentum to kind of hold the game and like take over. Yeah. There was two times I think where people got on the, got on their feet, you know, revving up, you know, we're going on a run and then bam, they hit a three or got a put back or and one and everyone sits there, you know, what's back down in the seat. So, you know, but that's, Kudos to Illinois. I mean, that's that's what good teams do. When you're on the road, you need to shut the crowd up, right? Yeah. One of my favorite things when I was in college, you know, was hitting a big three when the place was going crazy and just shut them up. And the coach called a timeout. You're like, all right, we're back. Um, exactly. So, and other teams do that as well. Or they got that kid from Baylor. I forget Mayer or Meyer. Yeah. Uh, I forgot he even transferred there. But six nine shooter. I mean, he had one of those where we were on the. You know, standing up and bam, he just knocked one. I think it was at the the end of the first half. He hit that corner three, and that kind of changed the momentum of the game. Yeah, I can I completely agree. I like like you talked about Blake Dawson. You know, Garcia. I think he stepped up in the Ohio State game, right? I think he had twenty eight points, nine rebounds, almost had a double double there, and he was getting to it every way he could. Right? He was hitting a few threes. He was posting up. He was getting to the mid range a little bit, but he was doing all he could to half hook and. He did a lot, and I, it was great to see. I think we all know what he's capable of. I think he's capable of having that type of game every game just simply because, like you talked about, Blake, we don't have a lot of offensive threats. So it's a matter of, like, hey, like, you're here to do this. Like, we want you to fill it up this way, and we want you to get the rebounds, lead the break, do all you can. He started out like that in the Ohio State game, but after he's second half, it kind of he wasn't there, and no one else really was there either. Like, that's the problem. Like, it looks like there's just – the depth on offense is not really there. Um, and then, you know, the guys that come in, like, they've got to look to be a little bit more aggressive. I think Pharrell got taken out of the game a little bit. I don't think he scored a field goal in the Ohio State game. I think he had a few free throws, but he got taken out of the game. And, you know, I'd like to see him a little more aggressive as, as well as Josh Joseph. I think there's a lot of times we can find some clips where Josh Joseph, like, he gets to the paint, but he's looking to pass a lot. And everybody's seeing it and they're like stepping back to see it. And he's just, I get it, right? You don't want to overstep your boundary. If you were a normal freshman on team where there was death and you, that'd be a good role. But right now we don't need that Draymond, you know, Golden State type role. We need a Draymond college type role. Like go score, be the junkyard dog where you're doing everything. Um, so him as well as Brayden Carrington. I think when he comes in the game, I want to see him more aggressive as well. Like if we don't have those guys, you know, just aggressive, out the gate, like, what are we going to do with Jamison and, and Dawson when they're not clicking? But that that limited offense, I think we saw yesterday against Illinois, like, we were outpowered. <laughs> they just had way more offensive threats than we had. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, you know, part of me, 
you know, if you want to be a truly great player, like, you know, Garcia or some of these guys are going to be like, you got to have the different dual threats, right? Post up, hit a three, hit a, you know, one dribble pull up. But for a lot of these freshmen, I mean, find your niche and, and Excel you know, especially as a freshman and do yeah. it right. So Ola Joseph, I just think, you know, he should be a slasher, or a cutter, or someone who grabs the rebound, puts it back in, draws a foul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Payne should be more sealing a guy under the basket and trying to get an and one or dunk over him or, you know, grab the rebounds, right? But, yeah. you know, I feel like these guys start to have to get their, um, you know, their roles on the team, and I think they're just not set yet, right? Carrington coming in, right? Is he going to be a lockdown defender? Is he going to be a shooter? Like, you want to do it all, but, like, they, they got to know and trust, you know, when Ola Joseph gets in the paint, right, you know, sure, I'll look for the pass potentially, but for the most part, I'm going to know he's going to go up and try to get a foul or hand one or put back. And I really like him doing that, but there was a couple of times in the game last night, you know, he, he'd dump it off and it was, it was a steal or the other guy wasn't ready, yeah. right? And I don't know if that's just dynamics, chemistry, um, young team, it's all of it, right? But I'd rather have him just go into the guy's chest and try to get an hand one. If it's a charge, so be it. He's aggressive. But, you know, that's why I think, you know, he needs to start doing more. And, and like I said, I he's a bright spot for us. I like him when he's out on the floor. I think he's aggressive, especially as a freshman. But um, I want to see Payne do the same thing. Yeah. That's why non-conference games are so important, too. I think, like, that's helped build those confidence, you know, like, it, you know, you press, you get easy baskets, you start feeling yourself. Like now, like, you know, Joseph, like he's, you know, he's able to do things because he's confident himself. Pharrell's the same way. Like, you know, I think that's why us getting off to a rough patch in non-conference kind of hurt us starting the Big Ten because, like, those guys didn't have the right confidence heading into those these big games. Like, let's be honest. I mean, our first five, six games in the Big Ten have, have been tough. Oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> – like, it's been a monster. I, I don't know, Mr. Warner, before he left to go to the Bears, he just want to say something about the Gophers. I don't know, but, like, there hasn't been any easy games. But yeah. um, that's just part of it. And like you said, like, it's it's just them having that confidence. And, like, we could talk about Dawson and Jamison as, you know, for forever. And, like, you know, because those are our two best players. But then they, like, you know, they need help. We can't just depend on two guys in the Big Ten. Like, that doesn't – that's not going to win you many games. And I'm right just now, waiting for the day those two click, right? They, they play well together at the same time in the same game. And – could you yeah, imagine they're, they're having ups and downs, but you just don't see them both. Like you don't see battle hitting threes and pull ups, and then Garcia coming out in next position, dunking on a guy or doing a post up. Like it's it almost Could seems you imagine like we're on that same page. How dynamic they they should be the best two players in the, the Big Ten or top yeah. four. No, yeah, and I'm not saying Trev and I were like them or two best players, but I just knew if I come off, you know, they just don't know each other's game yet. You know, when I'd come off a. Trev would set me a down screen. I'd come off and curl it. I knew to throw it right next to the rim. I knew he was going to be there. I didn't even try to bounce pass it to him. I knew right what he was going to do. I threw it to the rim if his guy came, and I knew he was going to be there. I didn't even have to look. But those are the things that these guys don't. And, and a lot of it's chemistry, experience, maybe the non-conference. They didn't get off to a good role. They weren't playing their normal roles. But, like, they just – you don't see that where you just know where I mean, each other are on the court. Like, well, how do they not know each other's game? No, I hear you. I hear you. But here's the thing. I think, I think yesterday we did see I agree with you, right? we did see it yesterday, actually. I think it was one possession where I was like, this is it. I don't know if Dawson got the rebound, maybe, but they had a little two-man game action, right? Which is exactly what they need. I think Dawson got it 
Jamison got on a, out on the break, which he always gets out on the break off a rebound anyway. I think Dawson brought it a little bit. He pushed it up, set the screen. They had a little two-man game. I think Jamison hit a nice midi, and it was when Jamison came back, was kind of, you know, height, getting the crowd ready. I think that was literally the last good play of the second half. Like, it was like maybe like in the first couple of minutes, but like when I saw that, I'm just like, why don't they do that all the time? Like, why don't be as if he doesn't hit the midi, maybe Dawson's sealing him off or then maybe they just get into some type of action. But I don't get why they don't do that. I, I would love to maybe see them just in practice getting just straight reps in. Right. There's a drill where you can just get reps in where you're throwing the outlet. And you just have those two in two man game. And then you figure it out, like Trev, to your point, like you probably should be able to know each other's game at this point, but maybe it is just reps. Like maybe you need to know kind of how he's moving off the screen or how Dawson likes to set the screens, whether whatever it may be. But I think we saw it like for that one possession yesterday. And I was like, man, this is it. Like what could be, like you said, Trev, probably the best two man tandem in the big 10. Well, part of it, do you think it's battle being out at the preseason and the first so many games, right? And him not being 100% potentially. I mean, not yeah. to put excuses out there, but that could be part of it. But, you know, I think in our first podcast, I think all three of us said we need both of them to play well this year to compete and have a good year. And um, sure. they're not playing well, but they're not playing well together, it seems like. And I, I just, I'm waiting for that. And there's glimpses of it, glimpses of it where you're like, okay, I like this. And then it kind of goes away a little bit, but I, I think they're going to start clicking here, or at least I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have no choice now. <clears throat> At the end of the day, right now, it's like, it's, this is like this, this next two weeks are, you know, is going to be a big indicator on how the rest of the season goes. Let's be honest. If you go one to seven, like let's, our thoughts are on spring break at that point, you know, we'll run it back next year, but these next four games are, are going to be so crucial. Uh, um, Dawson and Jamison are so talented that they should be able to figure out by now. Mm-hmm. Also, like I think, like you said, to your point, Jamison or uh, Blake, him missing the first few weeks of the season, like that does that doesn't help. Like he's out of rhythm. He's trying to find his way back. He's you know conditioning all this stuff. Like, I think those are all valid reasons and excuses. Like I understand completely, but at some point, you know. They have to be like, hey, like, this is what we're going to do. Like, maybe it's just you two staying behind practice and, like, working together. Or, like, you know, it's, it's building Cooper's confidence up or like, whatever the case may be. But um, we just have so much potential still. I think that's the part that's frustrating. It's like, how can you show up the way you did versus Wisconsin and uh, Ohio State and those guys and then, like, let up against Illinois? Yeah. Like, granted, they were in the game most of the game. Like, you know, it was back and forth. You know, we get a lead, and Ohio State come back and hit a big shot, or uh, Illinois come back and hit a big shot. But those games at home, you want to see that energy that they had on the road. And uh, we, I don't think we saw it from – from me watching on TV, I just didn't, I didn't – I never really felt that way. Yeah, I, I don't think it's there. And I think – I'm trying to figure out what it is, but I think just the lack of depth, you know, really hurts. And the energy, and like I keep talking about, like, we can't expect – the starting five to really be the ones to bring it that full 40 minutes. Like every team has those guys that come up the bench to give that spark too. And I think just figuring that out is huge. But yeah, like you said, Trev, like we didn't compete for 40 minutes in that, in that Illinois game, which was very unfortunate. I don't know. I don't know what the reason being was, but yeah, we didn't, we didn't compete for the 40 minutes and I don't know if it's, if it's all death, but I think that was a huge reason. And I think, you know, in a lot of areas, the, the Illinois team, they were just better. I think their guards and wings played better. I think their freshmen played better than our freshmen. And I think 
their bigs. You know, I played our bigs as well, unfortunately. But yeah, you got to bounce back. You got to bounce back because you had so much energy and momentum coming off the last game. And then you you followed up with that. But um, another piece and last piece just about the game that like I noticed, I think we've talked about it's it's really that ceiling and posting up. I don't know if it was Blake or Trev, but I noticed it a lot yesterday as well. Now I've just been looking out for it. Like there's there's one, there's a lack of spacing. So I'm like, why is there such a lack of spacing and movement on the court? And you see, like every time we're posting up, we're way too high on the post over, not low on the block, and it doesn't give room for the shooters. It's it's tough out there. So I don't know what type of action we need to get in, like to get things moving. I don't know what you guys are seeing from it, but like it just seems like one is stagnant and two, there's no spacing. Like every time someone attempts a three, like the post player is right there anyway. So like there's just a lot, it's, it's not a lot of room to make anything happen on, from what I'm seeing. on the Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I think we talked about this last time, but part of it I think is we're not shooting the three ball that well this year. So, you know, spacing gets, you know, they, they started sinking in on the bigs. Part of it's, I agree with you. I ever since I mentioned that comment weeks back, you know, you got and, and I think that's part of Garcia's game though, that he's more he's not a bruiser inside. He's more of a mm-hmm. mid post up guy and tried to wad dribble with his left hand. But um, you know, Illinois had some big guys that were keeping him out. I mean, he was trying to power his way in there and they were just, you know, that one guy from uh Park Center, I forget his name, Dan Dan Jay or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's a big guy, he's a grown man, so he wasn't getting by him. But there was one moment, I think it was in the second half where Pain. No, it was in the first half because we were going in the basket uh, where the student section is. But he sealed the defender literally underneath the hoop, caught it, and went in. He didn't make it, but he got fouled and he went to the free throw line. But that was the one moment where I'm like, oh, my God, like he sealed him. And he's known for that. That's what he did in high school all the time. I remember my uncle told me like he was amazed on the space he just eats. And that's the one time where I was like, man, we need more guys to start doing that because you're going to get fouled or you're going to put it dunk over the guy if you seal him underneath the basket versus the problem is when Garcia or some of these guys are doing these mid posts and Trev knows this I mean the guard on the three-point line in my defender if I'm the three-point shooter he can guard myself the the shooter and Trev at the same time because we're literally right next to each other but when Trev's posting up on the block he's got to make a decision either I'm going to double down to Trev and he's going to kick it out to me or He's going to just stay with me. And we don't have that right now. And part of that could be the the lack of, you know, posting up down low. But part of it's, you know, we haven't been hitting shots either. So, um, you know, I don't know, Trev, your thoughts on that. But I, I do agree, Kendall, with the spacing. And I don't even think it's a, a it's a it's a coaching thing. I think it's more of a, a type of player. And just, yeah. you know, yeah. we got to focus on I don't think it's strength because Pharrell's a strong, big guy. Garcia's got some, uh, you know arms and, and strength as well we just need to see a little closer and that's trev that was one of his best things and it was fun playing with him because he allowed us to space out yeah i mean even the times when i had to post high is because i was waiting for that high low pass and it's like it's like like to blake's point like i don't know if it's a coaching thing because pharrell was doing it early in the season i remember kendall you mentioned you made a comment on twitter like you know he's been he's he, you're, he's one of the best sealers you've seen in a long time and i don't know why he got away from it or what the case may be like you know Let's be honest, Dawson is that's not his game. And that's that's not a knock to him. Like he's a great player. But you know, I don't see him just going to the block every time and sealing in the middle of the pain and just scoring like that. He's he's athleticism, his quickness, his his skills on the on the perimeter. But we have to get easy baskets, like you said. Like 
we just have to wait. We have to find ways to create fouls. I think they were not a great three-point shot. I think we were, what, three for 15 last game. And even worse, Ohio State, I think we only shot, what, 28, 30% from the three. So, like, we're not we're not, we're not going to shoot, shoot lights out from the three at, at moments. But we have to make – we have to find ways to get easy baskets. It's, that's defensive transitions, that offensive rebounds. That's just, like, getting a quick – for real, I don't care if you miss the two free throws. At least you got – you know, that's another foul for the opposing team. Or, like, how do we create those moments? Because, like, for me, when I was playing, I was like, let's just get to the bonus. I'll get you three fouls. Myself, I know Ryder's gonna get you know another couple of fouls and like whatever the case may be, and we're just, we're not we're not creating easy opportunities. I don't know how many free throws we shot last game or the last couple of games, but like just getting to the free throw line, like just getting easy baskets. I think we just have to do that. And I don't know why uh, Pharrell, regardless of him being a freshman, whatever the case may be, he's he's stronger than most players in the Big Ten. Like how do we? How do we use that potential that he has to kind of, you know, establish that for our team and make, you know, just make it easy for us? Like you said, we don't have the, we don't have the offensive weapons. So like, you know, outside of our top two, I mean, even Cooper, so three, but other than that, like we're not going to outscore most teams. So how, what's our other way that we're going to show up and, you know, who, who, who's the goal for us? Like, what are we? Exactly. Yeah. What's, what's our identity, identity right? Yeah. And part of me to get those easy buckets, like, do we start doing a zone press or a press? Like, we, we need to do something, right? We need to yeah, get we have the athletes. That's what I mean. Put Carrington and these guys out there and start, and not to be, you know, coach on the other side or the sideline coach, but like, we started at the end of the game, the Illinois game, you know, doing like a little three quarter press with a zone, right? At least it eats the clock a little bit and gets them out of, you know, and hopefully we can get a, a steal or a deflection or whatever, but like, Part of me is like, okay, our, our offense isn't isn't clicking. We don't have a ton of offense and threats potentially, and that's not knocking the players on the team. That's just the not point at all. we're at right now. And it's like, can we start changing the tempo of the game through a press or a zone or something like that to, you know, even years back, two years ago, I remember we'd go in between man and zone just, just to confuse teams, mm-hmm. right? We got to start doing some of these things. Um, and maybe it's the experience on the team with the freshmen, like they don't have a click or they can't do it or communicate yet. I don't know what it may be, but I agree with Trev. I, I'd like to see some change of pace and identity on the team. Yeah, for sure. We have the pieces. We have athletes. We have guards who can defend. We have bigs who can defend. Well, we have length. Like you put Jameson, Carrington, Pharrell. I don't care who you put out there. We like Ola Joseph. Like we have a long guys mm-hmm. who can cover up a lot of space. And. Yeah, I think we need it. Yeah, we need to try some type of zone or a zone press to really change up the coverage. Like you said, Blake, you used to do a 22-23 type style press or whether it's one two two, But, like, we can use the length that we have. I think, you know, you look at a guy like a Trayton Thompson, right? We're probably going to need him to play minutes. He played one minute. How do you utilize him, right? He'd be a great guy for a press like that just to add length, right? He has a little bit of length. You have a Dawson, you have a Jamison, like you talked about Trevor Brayton at 6'4", a Talon. That's a nice, you know, size team. And I think it's nice to really get used to the motions and used to practicing it because you only have length coming in these next few years. You got Parker Fox, you got Isaiah Enid, you got Dennis Evans as well, right? We're talking about guys 6'9", 6'10", 7 foot. So you've got all these taller guys coming in anyway, Hmm, how about you try to start practices and start implementing this? Because, yeah, I think it does change up the pace a little bit, makes the game maybe a little bit more fun. I think someone like a Talon Cooper is really good in transition. I think he's good at getting downhill. So I think it creates that now. But other than that, it's very limited times where he's able to even do it. But I agree, maybe try to implement something um, 
to the sort of a press or a, a full court press there. But you know what's fun though, which I do love that Fox Sports Nor- or <clears throat> Fox Sports Network watching Ben in the huddles. Yeah, like, I love, I, I'm I'm a big fan of this still. Like just watching him like talk to his guys and like just pump them up. Even like, you know after the timeout, I saw a bunch of people saying, "Why would you ice your own shooter?" And then like you see like him talking to Cooper, like you know, was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that was that was so much fun to watch. And like you know, I think a lot more people like were under understanding of it. Like you know, when you're losing. You don't get that as much credit for it, but like just watching him like work with his players, seeing the way that they react to him, like that was, that was special. So I thought that was what is funny. Just, We're all coaching on the sidelines, right? We don't we don't know truly what's going on, too, right? We've all played, but like Ben knows what he's doing, right? So yeah. um, you know, I know they're gonna come through with it. You know, coaches are only good as their players, too, right? So we gotta acknowledge that. But you know, I think you know, hopefully. They're starting to, you know, this is a year of figuring out the team and the identity. And, you know, I would have liked to have the identity figured out in November. I think everybody would have wanted that. But, you know, we don't. Right. So, you know, how can we improve? How can we get better? You know, I think every podcast we've had, we said we just want to see improvement. Right. We're not winning the national championship this year. We're not, you know, maybe we win the Big Ten tournament. We get we get lucky and things go crazy. Right. But let's be honest. We just need to get better each and every week. Get better in practice. Make sure that come March, fans are in the stands. They're seeing the team get better. One or two guys just improve drastically throughout the year. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Like, who's it going to be, right? Everyone's talking about Carrington, right? Oh, I wish he was better to start the year. Well, if I was him, I'd say, well, screw it. I'm going to get better, and this is my time to improve. And by the time March hits, I want to be in contention for a starting spot next year as a sophomore. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. That's that time now. This is we're in that part of the season where it's like, who's going to step up to say, I'm going to be here for four years and I'm starting now playing fearless. And to your point, Trev, about that coach's broadcast and to both your points about Coach Johnson and knowing his players, I completely agree. I was glad people were able to see a little bit into how he does coach his players, because I think Coach Johnson is a true players coach. Right. I think we all know what a players coach on, on this, you know, uh, interview is. But a players coach really is somebody that understands how to motivate guys, right? Somebody that's been there before, somebody that's going to, you know, understand and be able to motivate them in a way that a lot of coaches can't just because one, they don't get it, two, they can't relate, or three, they just haven't earned that respect and trust. I think a lot of coaches really miss the, the ball when they don't really earn that trust and actually build a relationship with their players. I think that's what Ben Johnson does a great job at. I think that's why he is what, you know, we'd like to call a player's coach. And so to your point, Blake, you know, it might be tough right now, but I trust it, right? There you have the second recruiting class coming in for a reason because he's built these relationships and he has guys that believe in what he's saying and what he's doing. So although it might be tough right now, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's the Big Ten. So it's going to take some time. But at the end of the day, I'm going to bet on a player's coach because he's been there. He gets it. And in 2022, we all know a player's coach is more important than ever because guys are motivated in a different way. It's just a different time and it's a different game. And it's not saying that they're not pushed. It's not saying that he doesn't want the best out of them, but there's a certain way that you can get the best out of guys. And I know Ben Johnson has that. And so that's where I trust in it, man. But let's move on, fellas, to the scouting report we've got today. So for today's scout, next game, Purdue, which is led by Coach Mbakwe, uh, this scout, you know, we put it in your hands for good reason. Uh, as people may have saw, I think you shared your thoughts on Twitter, you know, about some strengths that Purdue has specifically in their big man 
and probably Big Ten Player of the Year all uh, favorite Zach Eady. So, Coach Mbakwe, I'll let you take it away with the scouting report for the number one team in the Big Ten and the number three team in the AP Poll 25. All right. Produce tough. <laughs> this is gonna be a it's gonna be a good game to watch. Um Zach Eady, he's a monster. I I couldn't guard him in my best day. He's big, he's long, they do a lot. They're a tough team. We you know Purdue hasn't changed for the last 15, 20 years. I don't know how long Coach Painter's been there. It's pretty similar to the Purdue team that you know we faced in college. You know, obviously they weren't as physically big, like they were always long, tall. You know, he's always had great players Juwan like Johnson. Johnson. Yes, Juwan, yeah, exactly. Robbie Hummel. Like they're they're solid. <laughs> like Purdue is a great program. Great. Um, for us, is like we just have to we have to set the tone early. I mean, Zach could die, he's gonna get his. Like, there's no stopping him. I don't know, like if you play zone or we just trap right away. Uh, me and Kendall, we were kind of having this conversation earlier. Like, he's just so big, like, even if you send a trap, he could pass right over you. So I think he, he definitely puts a lot of pressure on us on the defensive end. Um, but I, I think, that, you know, I think there's it's, it's a winnable game still. Um, they, they were, you know, top five in the country for a reason. But also I think, you know, if we come out the right way, we're playing at home, we have enough juice that, you know, this could be a game that we can steal. It's going to be it's going to be a battle, though. Um, they're, they're big. They're tough. Like I watched their game versus Michigan State and it's just like they're just so physically imposing and like they just they they force Purdue on you, you know, like, right. but um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, like every day, like, you know, let, let's just give ourselves a chance. So, you know, the last four minutes of the game, let's give us a chance. Like if we're, you know, two or three possession game, like we have a good chance. But if, you know, if we get blown out from the beginning, like it's going to be, you know, obviously hard to recover for a good team like that. How are you thinking, Blake? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Purdue's tough and I don't want to always, I've never been a, Hey, focus on them. I like to focus on us, but, for this game, I mean, I'd like to switch something up. I'd, I'd like to press, you know, get Edie out of the game, get him more in transition, um, whether it's a zone press, a man-to-man. Um, they're tough, so they're probably going to handle it, but I'd like to get the ball out of his hands as much as possible. I'd also try to run some plays right away going at him, you know, yeah. up and under, try to get him in foul trouble. I know that's kind of, you know, going at cheaply at him to get out of the game, but, like, we need to get him in foul trouble and have him sitting on the bench or get him in transition where we're making him play up and down. Um, I just think if we can stay in that game and give us a shot at the end of the game, that would be unbelievable. But, you know, we also got to realize Purdue's one of the top teams in the country, right? Probably the, for sure the best team in the Big Ten. They're looking at Minnesota, you know, the way we played, like, oh, God, the, you know, this is going to be a crummy game to come to Minneapolis to play. Minnesota is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Like, it could be a way to catch up off guard too, right? Um, and hopefully we're going to have some good fans there. People aren't giving up. You know, we're playing one of the top teams in the country. Um, you know, we we have some some bright spots throughout the year with Ohio State, et cetera. But, you know, I'm hoping we do something to change up the game to catch them off guard, whether that's get Edie in foul trouble, whether that's play some, uh, you know, full court press, zone press, do something different to knock them off their game. But, Anytime yeah. someone like this comes into town, it's fun to watch. I'd encourage fans to go. Uh, he's a pro. He, he's one of the best players in the country. Probably going to be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, so you know, I think I think it. And also, you don't want to learn from a guy like that. But if I was Payne and some of these other guys, I'd try to take. You know, you don't want to do it in the game. Hopefully, you you mess him up and you know get him off get him off his game. But you know, learn from how he takes spacing and he plays the game and 
um, use that to your advantage eventually once you once you play with them. But I think they're going to be growing up pretty quick when they play them. I know they already played them once already, but um, playing them this late in the year too, you know, he's matured even more since the beginning of the year. Where um, you know, I'm hoping we at least keep it keep it a game with these guys and and not be scared to play one of the top teams in the country. I think he caught a lob from half court and then and jumped and dunked it on two people. <laughs> well, his his God, that is just really funny how dominant he is. Reminds me of me, dude. Stop. <laughs> well, what would you say, Blake? That reminds me of myself. <laughs> Remember those all those days in practice? <laughs> just throw it up to Blake. I was one of those guys at the Timberwolves game, you know, run and jump on this trampoline. <laughs> they threw it away. <laughs> Rodney Hoffhaber. Okay, so here's the thing for us. I completely agree, man. And like you said, Blake, they have nothing to lose, right? Like they have nothing to lose in this game. For a Purdue team, it's probably tough to get up on a, for a game like this, going to Minnesota on the road. You know, and then for a Minnesota team, how is it hard to get up for a team like this where you're on a losing streak and you're playing a pro? So I hope they do come with the energy. I hope they switch a few things up, like you said, Blake. You know, I wouldn't mind maybe seeing some sort of zone look, right? Like you talked about, Trev, it's probably hard to double Edie because when you double him, he just looks right over you, especially if you don't have a lot of length. But, you know, maybe some sort of zone look where you almost have someone always anchoring the defense back there with the body on them. But you also can have the wings and the guards maybe kind of sag down a little bit. And let's force them to make a few threes. Let's take them out of it. And then, like you said, Blake, let's take them out of it on a defensive end. Like a Dawson or someone go down low. Like a lot of up and unders, things like that to really get him off his feet. And you take him out of the game and we can win this game. But if, obviously, as we saw when they played Michigan State, it was – it was pretty much a wrap, and even to the end of the game, you thought it was over, and one play would have taken like five seconds, and he score. So we'll see what happens, man. They're at home. One of those games, too, like where your guards, like if I'm a guard and I see him, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like, Blake, if you know he's not going to hedge hard on your screen, so, you know, top pick and roll, whatever the case may be, so let's open shots for you the whole game. Dawson, you know, pick and pop. If, you, if we play Dawson at the five, that's, you know, that gives us an advantage on the other side, too. It's like he's big, but there's ways that you could, you know, take advantage of him on the other side too because, you know, he's he's big, he's a little bit slower, and we have, you know, guys who can score from the point guard position, shooting guard position, our five position. So we just have to find ways to wear him out. I know it's easier said than done, but we have pieces who can, like, take advantage of it. Like, and to like your point, you know, I for think example, I will battle, you know, takes him off of, you know, whoever's he's guarding – have him set a ball screen for battle and have battle come off because he's going to have to hedge because battle will hit that if his defender goes under or whatever they want to do. But yeah. I would try to hedges, get, he's gonna get a ball with him and go right at him at his hip. Yep. Go right at him. Sorry. I think there's, you know, huh? No, I said I completely agree. I think I, I want to see that happen. I mean, Blake, you can talk to it a little bit, but like, I feel like a problem in, you know, our offense also is we have no mid-range, like, threat. Like, we – and I think that's basketball in general in this day and age. I know, Blake, you only shot threes, but, like, I know you did get to the midi uh, a little oh, bit. Oh, I had some, I had some floating game, man. <laughs> I did. A little bit. the end of my career. That's, I had to. I had to. That's when I was lobbing at him. But the guys got to learn, man, especially if your shot's not falling from the outside. Like, figure out a different way to do something, right? And I was never going to out-jump people. You know, I was joking earlier about Duncan. I was not dunking on anybody or – Nobody there. I, I I couldn't get up that high, but I would work on my floating game. You know, floaters. You know, do something to keep, catch people off guard. And then a lot of times, that's when I would send lobs to Trevor, etc. But you gotta 
you got to get to that mid-range game. You're exactly right. And we don't have that. I mean, you see Jamison Battle have it every once in a while. But besides that, I mean, I'm not seeing much, much, you know, mid-game. You know, it's either down in the post or we're, we're, we're you know, shooting a three. So uh, that's a good point. Yeah, usually forcing. I mean, you guys brought up the point, really, because it's just like I would want to see like some of those ball screens because if Edie Hedges, right, that's barbecue chicken, go at his hip or if he drops back, it doesn't always have to be that three either. It can't be that mid-range. But as a guard, you know, Blake, like you just got to make him make a decision. Go at him, attack him. He's either going to kind of stand his ground. You can get to the floater or if he steps back a little bit, you get to that mid-range. But I'd like to see it more. We saw it with Dawson. Uh, we saw it with Jameson. But, you know, I'd like to see Dawson get there, Braden get there. A lot more of our players get to that, as well as the floater. Like, I think Talon and uh, Joshua Joseph have a chance to get in the floater a lot, too, but they don't quite get there. Yeah. I agree. And then, so, Coach Hoffarber, passing it on to you next game, man, next game. After we come away with this win at Minnesota against Purdue, we'll be following it up and going on the road against Michigan. So I know Michigan's got some good guys, right? Hunter Dickinson's been there for a long time. He's starting to be one of those guys where, like, when will he graduate? Uh, and then, you know, Juwan Howard's son, Jet Howard, is a pro. We've seen that a lot lately. Like, kids got game. Like, he can get to it. So, I mean, Coach Hoffarber, you know, this is a tough one. Going on the road, talk a little bit about this Michigan style and what do we need to do to get that W in Ann Arbor? Yeah, I mean, I, well, hopefully we get a W versus Purdue like we're talking about. Hopefully the players get on the plane ride to get there, you know, not in the bar the whole time celebrating. But um, <laughs> I think playing Michigan, you know, Michigan can be a tough place to play, and they're good. The only thing that kills me about Michigan right now is I was at the game, one of the other games I was at this year, at that Michigan game. It was like an 8 o'clock game at night, and we just got slaughtered. And – we got to take that game out of our mind, do something different, and compete in that game. They got a lot of good players. They got Dickinson. Obviously, he's a big guy, just like Zach Eady. Um, but we got to we gotta do better than the game we did at home. When we played at home, it was one of our first Big Ten games, I think. So we're a different team now. But we got to go there. You know, they got Juwan uh, Howard's uh, a kid. who I think he got, he got two kids on the team, right, if I remember right? Yeah, I believe so. Chase and Jet. But Jess. I think he does. But the one who's younger, I think, you know, kind of destroyed the Gophers the first game. And they just played better than us that first game. But I think we got to go there, reset our minds. You know, we're a different team. We got to get Garcia and Battle involved in that game and just control them. They can get hot from the three-point line. So got to stay on them and just keep Dickinson. I mean, he's slowly – I remember at the game, I forgot the number of points and rebounds he had, but he had a good game, and you wouldn't even have guessed it. He just slowly is that guy that gets buckets and get, gets points and rebounds, and those are sometimes what the best players do, but we got to make sure we you know, don't – are asleep at the wheel, and all of a sudden you look up, we're down by 20, and he's got you know 25 and 12 rebounds, right? We're not going to win if that's the case. Completely <clears throat> agree. Man, guys, I uh, sometimes forget how tough the Big Ten is. Like I always say, it's the best conference. But then, like we, as we start doing the podcast on these these things, it's like every game is like a grind. It's like okay, we went from talking about Purdue, now we're going at Michigan. It's like, just, can we get a break? Can we like, can we play? A, I don't even know who's the easy one now. Like Rutgers is tough. Like everybody's tough. But uh, I mean, shit, Tangley is for a- us. You know, to win. 
Huh? I said technically that's us because we're in last, but carry on. <laughs> I was gonna say that, but I wasn't gonna say it. But I couldn't. I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let can it go. Play ourselves. Joe was trying to say, "Can we play ourselves, man? <laughs> <laughs> can we have an interest uh, scrimmage, please?" Uh, but uh, yeah, man, like Michigan. Oof. Um, I like Dickinson. He's he's tough. Like you said, Howard's son. They're, they're tough. I'm, I'm a road. It's always tough. Like, I think our team, we just have to have an identity. Once we figure out, like, hey, what do we want to do for these next 15, 16 games? Are we just going to be, like, a pressing team? Are we just going to be, like, just defensive focus? Are we just going to jack up a bunch of shots? Like, we have to have, like, what, what's our record? Will we 14 games, 15 games in? Yeah, I believe so. You don't know. Yeah, so, but. Yeah. We have to, like, Michigan's going to be tough. They're going to have a crowd. They're, their students are going to be back. And then days, it's like the guys have to just rally together, stay together, uh, just have that, you know, us against world mindset that we always, you know, kind of talk about. Just compete. Just give your chance. Give yourself a chance at the end of the game. Michigan's a tough team, but I don't – I wouldn't be surprised if we win. Like, it's not one of those games like, oh, we're, we have no chance. We That's definitely right. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I'm not even just, you know – trying to be a golfer golfer fan here by saying that but like i think that's a game candidly we could win right we already yeah. did it versus ohio state similar situation playing on the road like maybe our identity is we play better on the road and if that's the case yeah. great like we got to get some wins somehow right we'd rather prefer it at home with the fans in the stands because that's a little easier to do but if we like to play on the road and switch it up yeah. there's teams that play better on the road and maybe that's maybe that's us and maybe that's gonna be the michigan game right i mean me as a player i always love playing on the road so we're we're 16 games in but like i always love playing on the road like the road games like I, I love playing at home too but the road games are always fun like you like you said earlier blake uh just shutting up the crowd yeah, that's the best you know, part like, i mean you, you start, yeah. as long as you're not getting blown out of the game like if, if it's a close game and they start getting rowdy and the players are getting their fans and Trev gets a big dunk or I hit a three, like, and then they sit, sit back down and call a timeout or it gets silent again. Like there's no better feeling than that. I'm sorry. You can hit game winners or whatever. Those are all fun, but making crowds just shut up, whether it's a game winner, a dunk, a three pointer. I mean, those are some of the best feelings and experiences we've all had. Um, yeah. So maybe our team, you know, that's something we're going to, we're going to look to do it in our, in, in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I hope we do get that road win. And like you said, Trev, road wins are fun, but I don't want to put a damper on on that thought. But I did look at a stat recently because I was like, man, a lot of our worst stretches, we went on some losing slides on the road. So I look back at the road record over the last five seasons, and currently we are 10-41 and 41 on the road in the last five seasons. So I don't know what that amounts to as a winning percentage, but I would love to change the identity and I would love to change what that looks like. But it's definitely going to be an uphill battle. And I think that just goes to show how far it is to win on the road. Kendall, I think 20 of those losses were on your last year senior year, right? No. <laughs> and next. <laughs> All right, fellas. So let's get some wins against Michigan uh, and Purdue. But like you boys said, we need to get we need to get uh, get out there and compete. That's all it is. Uh, the Ohio State game it just shows how important that was, man. Like we've seen what it can be. We've seen us being able to win and what it looks like to compete for forty minutes. Let's just figure that out. Let's string some stops together. Let's be aggressive and. Just have fun out there, man. Like let's let's have fun. Let's let's make something happen. But like you said, Blake, I think we can win that Michigan game. And you know, Purdue, we know what it takes to get a win. It's gonna be extremely tough. 
But at the end of the day, anybody can be beat in the Big Ten. And I think I think we have a good opportunity to do it. So, fellas, let's move on. Last segment here, word on campus. So today's word on campus. We can call it that. We can call it the elephant in the room. Whatever it may be, it's two words, and that's free throws. I just want to chat about them. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts where your mind's at, but Jesus, like, you know, we're, we're one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the Big Ten still. Um, it's been like that all season. I think we're the we're the worst in the Big Ten. Uh, as far as the country, we were one of the worst. I think I saw a stat the other day that it's the lowest field goal percentage for a major, you know, Division One team in a long time. So I don't want to throw out the number of where we rank, you know, as far as in the country, but we're missing too many free throws. And we saw it almost hurts in the Ohio State game. Thank goodness it didn't. Thank goodness Talon Cooper came through. But it's going to hurt us in a lot of these close games or any game we want to inch, you know, back in. Like, it's going to be tough. So, Blake, I'll just pass it on to you, man. What's going on and what piece of advice would you give this Gopher basketball team to really make an improvement at the line? I mean, you're exactly right. I, I think more than just missing the free throws, it's just the momentum and the air. It sucks out of the team and the fans when you keep missing free throws, right? It's, you know, it's one thing. We're not losing. I forget how many. I mean, we we shot like in the game, we were just that. I think it was 50%. I think we shot from the free throw line, which is pretty bad. It's not, I think it was like eight free throws or something that we missed, which you know, we lost by more points than that, but it's just the most. How much? 15 for 25. All right. So not great. Right. But it just takes out the momentum and the runs you're on. I mean, when you start, you get fouled, everyone gets hyped. And then all of a sudden you go over to at the free throw line. Like it just sucks the wind out of everybody. Like, Oh God, I just, we got to the free throw line and you know, here it goes. So, um, you know, I think, I know coaches always say, all right, let's let's work on free throws, right? Then you spend the end of practice and you know, Trev gets up to the line and if he makes Ooh. it, we're good. <laughs> if he misses it, we go for we, we have a killer, right? You know, hey, coach, hey why, why have to be me? Because you can miss from what's the run. <laughs> I was gonna say, you imagine if Trev was on this team, they would be hey, like, hey, 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 first of all, first of all, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's only one person in this group, uh, this podcast, who's made 17 free throws in one game and 19 free throws in one game. Oh, well, just hey, out there. And one person that's missed 17, too, I bet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in no, that but in all game. honesty, I mean, these players are D1 players, right? They, they know how to make free throws. It's just, I don't know if it's mental, if it's what's going on. But obviously, if I was Coach Johnson, I'd do some of these drills in, in – you know, in practice, right at the end of the practice, you you know, hey, Cooper, you know, step up to, you know, everyone get on the line. If he makes it, you know, we're good. We move on to the next player. If he misses it, we're going to kill it, right? No one wants to run the killer. And it kind of creates that inner feeling like you're in a game because you don't want to, you don't want to run a killer and you don't want the other guys to run a killer. But um, if I was Coach Johnson, the worst is I always think the player that missed it, he should sit on the sideline and watch the rest of the team run the oh killers, God. right? So, I mean, Jesus. they got to do something like that because these players know how to shoot free throws. I don't know if they're losing confidence, if they're losing just focus when they're at the free throw line, but like they know how to shoot free throws. They're all D1 basketball players. They're good players. 
they're always the best at growing up in high school, you know, good D1 players. So it's not like they just can't shoot free throws. I think a lot of it's just focus and confidence, and that's something that, that can be fixed. They just got to get, get over it and realize that, you know, if they miss one free throw, get it out of their head, they're going to hit the next one. If you're thinking, yeah, that's, oh, I'm going to miss this next free throw because I just missed two or three, like you shouldn't even shoot the free throw. Just give it back to the ref and run back to the other side. That, that's it's crazy to me because, like, you know, all jokes aside, like, yeah, I wasn't the best. You know, I, I probably shot mid sixties for my career uh, in, in college, but for all, a lot of the teams that we've had that we've been on, like, you know, we had some suspect free throw shooters, like myself included. You know, Rodney, whatever case may be. We always had guards who can make shots. Or make you know free throws. So okay, Blake, you know you guys are you increase our free, uh, free throw percentage. But then you look at our, like I think Salon Cooper is shooting what fifty two percent or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is like those the guys that are shooters for us are shooting fifty percent. Like that's yeah. crazy, right? <laughs> that's the part I don't understand. And for us to be ranked what three hundred fifty out of three hundred fifty two teams, it's like, like what's going on? And I, I'm pretty sure uh, Coach Johnson does all these you know the, the same drill that you're talking about. I'm sure at the end of the day. Uh, in the practices that they're shooting free throws, they're probably, I'm sure they're probably running. They're probably doing something to like figure it out. But like to me, that this was, those are just confidence issues. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we've all been those games like, oh damn, Blake missed two free throws. Like you know, it's because I missed seven myself. Then Rodney missed eight. You know, it was like so like it kind of lost me. I I got called the you know whenever got a technical, I was the guy that called up, and I remember I missed two free throws at Indiana. I remember I missed the first one. The crowd was going nuts. The rim was shaking on the second one. I missed the second one. It still <laughs> to this day like haunts me that I was the one that missed both of those. Not the but one where Ralph got dunked on by uh, Pritchard. Uh, by Pritchard. <laughs> Man, for some reason, Indiana wasn't even that good back then. But boy, we just did not play well versus them down at Indiana. So, um, but but to your point, also the thing that kills me. Then we can wrap this up. Is when the media starts talking about more. It's in the papers. The coach is talking about it, doing specific drills to work on our free throw shooting. Like the more you talk about it, the more it gets in your head, right? So at some point. Do you just say, screw it, like, we're just in a funk, we're going to get out of it, don't worry about it kind of mentality? Or do you just pound it and ingrain it in these players that all we're doing is shooting free throws? You know, Marcus Fuller comes up to you and says, hey, you are five, you know, five for 10 from the free throw line, you're shooting 50%, you're 350 out of 352, and not to call it Marcus Fuller. I don't even know if you brought that up. I'm just saying this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it starts, the more you talk about it, the more it gets ingrained in your head. And that's why good shooters go through slumps, right? My sophomore year in college, right? I, I went through a little slump from three-point shooting, and I try to not read the media, but every time I finish the game, like someone would Me come too. up with a microphone and say, you know, what are you going to do to get out of your three-point shooting slump? You're shooting whatever the percent was, and over the last 10 games, you're shooting, you know, 23% from three-point line. Like, I didn't even realize that, but now I understand I, I played like eight weeks in a row and I didn't hit a three. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, what what I need to do? <laughs> Those are other problems. Those are other problems that we couldn't fix. But no, I, I, I completely agree. I think the free throw thing, you know, I think maybe some sort of drill, like you said, Blake, maybe they're doing them already. But maybe guys need to just run for their specific misses and like next practice, maybe it's something that they can focus on. But yeah, they're going to bring it up no matter what. It's inevitable. It's already in their head. They need to figure it out, I think. like They just need to put in the reps. They need to figure it out. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But, yeah, whatever it may be, whether it's running for the free throws, you know, something's got to give because at the end of the day, 
It's really starting to hurt the team. And I think the reason we're so frustrated is they're too good of shooters to be missing free throws. It's not like they're just breaking everything, right? A lot of in and outs, a lot of front end misses, like they can shoot the ball. So let's figure it out. I think it'll lead to a lot more wins and I think we'll be a lot more happier. You know what? You know what's messed up when, you know, you have to think about, hey, if there was a game where you were in a game and you had two free throws and they said, hey, we'll give you one point if you just don't want to shoot both these free throws, you know, a lot of people would be like, let's just take that one point and get the hell out of here, right? And that's kind of sad, but that's that's where we're at right now, right? If, you know, so-and-so goes to the free throw line and shoots two free throws, but before they shoot them, they say, hey, do you want a point and we just get on with the game or do you want to shoot both of these? I'm taking a point. You know, people would say, maybe I want the point. (laughs) (laughs) You hate to... You hate to hear that, but that's the unfortunate truth. Um, I think a lot of it's mental. I think a lot of it's reps, but I trust I trust they'll figure it out. I trust we'll improve, but 350, uh, 352 in free throws in the country is bad. Being last and it's bad. Let's let's just figure it out. Let's figure it out. Let's get to yeah. those Trevor and Bachway free throw numbers, Mr. 17 and 19, and then we can – we can go from there. We can hopefully get someone. I want to validate this. I want to know what game this was because I can say, you know, the game I had three dunks, remember? Like, no, no one's going to validate that. People might believe me, right? I feel like Trev's doing that. You should. No, I'm going to send it. Watch. I'm going to knives. Yeah, we're going on our next. But last thing. No. Go ahead. Last thing before, I think that, that's, that's the importance of the non-conference games. Like, the more I think about it, like, you know, like, you know, we say we play cupcakes and this and that. But, like, I think part of that's just, like, growing the – that's growing your your team. You know, like, you you have those wins. Everybody's feeling good. That builds the confidence. Like, the, it prepares you leading up to, like, your, your bigger games that you have. Whether it's a holiday tournament, whether it's getting ready for the Big Ten. And I think just having a rough non-conference definitely kind of, like, limited our, our uh, success uh, moving forward. Yeah. Temporarily, if that makes sense to you guys. No, it makes sense. And temporarily is the key. We're about we're about to get there. We're we're getting there. We're gonna get a win and we'll check back in after this Michigan and Purdue game. Hopefully two and zero on the season. But fellas, thank you for another episode. Everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of Outside the Barn for Trevor and Bachway, Blake Hoffarber. I'm Kendall Shell. That's a wrap. We'll see you later. Go Gophers, Sky U Mob. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.